A dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth is attacked and yet would remain silent. John Calvin. Telling a woman that she can't be an elder is a nonsense rule. If they claim to be in the body, we let them have it. Donald Trump is going to win in 2020 by an absolute landslide. Heretics Christianizing the American dream. I said that you, uh, that, that many LDS folks and I uh, love the same Jesus. Uh, I still believe that. Sawing is a blessing from God to make you rich. Treating Jesus like a lottery ticket. The Lord spoke to my heart. There's very few times I've ever heard God be this articulate with me. And I'm telling you word for word, these words came into my heart. I'm not asking you with I'm asking you to brush your hair. That's what God commanded. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to The Master's Dog, episode 112. I'm your host, Norm The Master's Dog Dunham, a.k.a. The Evangelical Norm. So The Master's Dog podcast is uh, basically based off of that quote at the beginning of the intro video, when God's truth is attacked, I bark. And I make videos. It started out as faith and beliefs refuted, just re- uh Responding to the Saints Unscripted segment or the Saints Unscripted podcast, they have a segment called Faith and Beliefs, which I committed to responding to every one of the videos that they did. They started doing the LDS Articles of Faith. I wanted to show how those did not line up with biblical Christianity. Then they continued on making more videos based on doctrine and stuff like that. So I said I would respond to everything they do. So it's been a couple of weeks. So I got a couple of videos coming up that I'm going to do kind of rapid fire um, in the next few hours and release those just to catch up on the podcasting I've done. Um, I will do another false teacher of the week on Saturday and catch up on that. So. I've taken a, a couple of weeks off from doing some podcasting, just kind of relaxing, resting, getting my head together. But now it's time to get back into it and start doing these things. So I got, again, two videos, episode 112, episode 113, going to be released back to back here uh, in the next couple hours. So uh, be watching for that. Well, this is episode 112, so as you're watching this, be prepared for 113 to come after it. So today, uh, these two episodes are going to be responding to the Saints Unscripted. David is going to do, one is, is actually has some significance. The other one, I haven't watched the whole video, so I don't know where we're going to go with that. But it'll almost be, it's basically going to be a live reaction, blind reaction to that video. But today, today. Excuse me, sorry about that. This hour video, we're going to talk about something we've talked about many times, and they keep, he just, David keeps trying to come at this from different directions to try to make it into a a, a nothing burger, but it really is a significant uh, issue that we need to discuss and needs to be dealt with. Um, the Mormons don't really have an answer for it, but they keep trying. So, changes to the Book of Mormon. They actually titled this video, the the splash screen they have for this video, excuse me, that is up on their website, their YouTube channel, is 105,000 changes to the Book of Mormon. So literally what they're doing is they're counting every little piece of punctuation, every little detail, if a, a word is misspelled, anything like that, to inflate the number of changes to make it seem like, oh, well, it's really not that significant, when it is. 
The reality is there's about three, th- three to 4,000 significant changes to the Book of Mormon that actually do change doctrine, teachings, and so on. So we're going to jump into this video. We're going to let David do what David does, and we are going to respond as we usually do. So here we go. This is David talking about changes made to the text of the Book of Mormon. All right, guys. All right, so guys. Latter-day so Saints Latter-day believe, believe that the Book of Mormon, Mormon is an ancient record, record that was translated by the Prophet Joseph Smith in 1829 via the gift and power of God. Power of God. But, but since 1829, since there have been, been several editions of the Book of Mormon printed and, and thousands, thousands of changes, of changes made. Whoa. If this book was inspired by God, why so many changes? Let's talk about it. That's a really good question, and we will talk about it. All right, so Latter-day Saints absolutely believe the Book of Mormon was translated by the gift and power of God. But there were opportunities for mistakes to be made at every step of the process. Sometimes Joseph Smith's scribe misheard or misspelled what Joseph was dictating. For example, 1 Nephi 13.29 in the original manuscript said, And because of these things which are taken away out of the gospel of the Lamb, and exceeding great many do stumble. An and and sound very similar, and this was probably a case when the scribe misheard Joseph. When okay, Oliver Cowdery stop. made a copy of the original stop. manuscript for the printer, he corrected this error. Let me Got find my pause button. Though. Let me find my pause button, because here's the problem. Okay, we could just stop this video right now and not even watch the rest of it, because it's already defeated. Joseph said, Joseph said, The words appeared in the stone in the hat as he was reading, and they did not disappear until they were written down correctly. Joseph's words, which means there's no mishearing or no misunderstanding the words that are said. And and and, and, the word would not disappear, Joseph said, until it was written down correctly. So, if... Oliver heard Anne when Joseph said Anne and wrote down Anne. Anne does not disappear until Oliver writes it down correctly. These are Joseph's words. You've already lied to us, David. You're already lying in this video. Credibility gone. Sometimes Oliver misread the original manuscript and made errors in the printer's manuscript that made it into subsequent editions of the book. For example, in 2 Nephi 1.1, Oliver copied, Lehi also spake many things unto them, but when he glanced back at the manuscript to continue copying, he apparently picked up after this unto them, leaving out the whole phrase, and rehearsed unto them. The phrase was restored in the 1981 edition. Errors were also made as the typesetter misread the printer's manuscript. For example, because Oliver's N's and R's looked similar, Gadianton the Robber in Helaman 3.23 was printed in the first edition of the Book of Mormon as Gadianton the Nobler. Parts of the text have also been intentionally edited for clarity. For example, when Lehi is describing a dream in 1 Nephi 8.4, the phrase, Methought I saw a dark and dreary wilderness, was changed by Joseph Smith for the 1837 edition to, Methought I saw in my dream a dark and dreary wilderness. That makes sense. Over the years and across different editions, the spelling of certain words has been corrected or updated. The paragraphing has been formatted differently, broken up into chapters and verses. Grammar has also been updated. We should probably do an entire episode just on the original grammar as it relates to early modern English. Grammar is the number one most important thing in this here word to me. 
The earliest manuscripts were almost entirely devoid of punctuation, which was added later by the printer, John Gilbert. When we talk about the thousands of changes made to the Book of Mormon, this is the kind of stuff we're talking about. And no, for a more comprehensive not. list of changes, I'd refer you to the work of the leading expert on this subject, BYU linguistics professor Royal Skousen. Now, when critics talk about changes to the Book of Mormon text, they'll most likely focus on one of the following three changes that are mostly only controversial if you want them to be. To clarify and note a distinction between God the Father and Jesus Christ in four different verses from 1 Nephi for the 1837 edition of the Book of Mormon, Joseph Smith changed the phrase God to the Son of God. Jesus Christ holds many titles. God is obviously one of them. Father or Eternal Father is another title that can also rightly be applied to Christ. As the Creator, He is the Eternal Father of heaven and earth, and He becomes our Eternal Father in a covenant sense as described in the Book of Mosiah. Some people view these changes as an attempt by Joseph to distance himself from the more Trinitarian views he must have held when he fraudulently made up the Book of Mormon. However, there are other similar passages later in the text that refer to Christ as Father that Joseph didn't touch. Thus, most people view these changes just as a few clarifications of the text. Reverting back... Okay, so here we've got to discuss the issue of Joseph was taking away deity from Christ. This is what he was doing. We see it in the sermons and the revelation through Doctrine and Covenants and so on that was given that his theology was evolving. And we see that, you know, most famous of which the King Follett Discourse, where he talks about you thought that God was God from eternity to eternity or something. I'm paraphrasing, but I'm going to refute all that. Basically, Joseph Smith's uh, theology went from being Trinitarian trinitarian to not so again you can make these these claims and again that there there's he can make these claims but the reality is and and we're going to get there and i may not even finish the whole video here because it well i'm going to let him finish these are significant changes they're going to try to make them to seem as if they're not but they really are to change what you've written and and we'll get to the crux of it here in a minute uh, as to why these changes are, you know, again, one, Joseph said they, they did not, the words didn't change. So essentially he is saying that he took and added to what God had revealed to him or either that, or these things were written down and his, reference to the words didn't disappear until they were written down correctly is again, proven to be wrong. Back to the original wording, wouldn't change Latter-day Saint beliefs at all. The next controversial change occurs in 2 Nephi 36, where a white and delightsome people is changed, probably by Joseph Smith, to a pure and delightsome people for the 1840 edition. This change was lost in later editions of the Book of Mormon because later editions were not based on the 1840 edition, but the change was restored for the 1981 edition. The color white is often representative in the Book of Mormon as a reference to spiritual cleanliness or purity, so this change is most likely simply an understandable attempt to clarify the text. However, some assume that Joseph and those responsible for the 1981 edition were actually trying to distance the church from passages in the Book of Mormon that some interpret as racist. You can go that route if you choose, though it doesn't make much sense to me as there are several other related passages that people interpret as racist that 
have never been changed. And we'll be sure to eventually do a video on those passages, so keep an eye out. The final controversial change we'll look at occurs I'm in Mosiah 21.28 and Ether 4.1, where a reference to King Benjamin is changed to King Mosiah. It seems the editors assumed that King Benjamin would have been dead at the time these references were made, so King Mosiah made more sense chronologically. There are a few different ways Latter-day Saints approach this apparent error, but in recent decades, notable Latter-day Saint scholars such as Hugh Nibley, L. Ara Norwood, and Royal Skousen have made a good case that the name Benjamin in these two verses was very likely never a mistake to begin with. And for more on why that is likely the case, check out some of these resources. In the words of Royal Skousen, errors have crept into the text, but no errors significantly interfere with either the message of the book or its doctrine. Ultimately, all of this worry over the number of changes is specious. Even experienced authors stress the importance of reworking and rewriting your story several times before publication. There's the key! You just said it! Author. The original Book of Mormon claimed Joseph Smith as the author. Then it was supposedly changed to the translator or whatever it was. You are now saying that Joseph Smith authored this book as other novelists author their books. Make a decision. Make a choice. Is this revelation from God or is this a book that Joseph Smith wrote? Because you just said it, David. You just said it as the author, and that's and, and we're we're at the end here, so we're we're gonna be we're gonna be finished with this, and we're gonna we're gonna break it down, and we're gonna look into uh, the what the keys to this. So one, Joseph Smith said the words didn't disappear off of the the seer stone until they were written down correctly, so that is gone. That that re excuse that reasonality behind anything is non-existent. Is reasonality a word? It is now. Um, but here's the here's the crux of the issue. Joseph Smith said the Book of Mormon is the most correct book of any book in in history, and man can get closer to God by its precepts than any other book. So why did Joseph have to go back and make changes? You just said likely these changes were made by Joseph himself, and blah 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 blah. Why the, why the two orders, Colonel? Was he in grave danger? Well, well is there any other kind? Well, well but so you, why would, did he have to be transferred if he wasn't in, if, your, or if your people, right? Why the two orders, Colonel? Because you can't handle the truth. And the truth is, Joseph Smith was a fraud. The Book of Mormon is fraudulent. It is not scripture. It is... Joseph Smith's attempt at Harry Potter using plagiarized portions of Bible verses and so on. That's what it is. Joseph Smith wrote a novel with some Christian themes in it and put it out to the world as scripture. Said if you pray about it and you get a burning in the bosom, blah, 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 you know the rest. But the fact that this most correct book of any book had to be changed completely takes away the credibility and nullifies Joseph's position as a prophet. Because again, Deuteronomy tells us that if a man claims to speak on behalf of God and those things are not true, then you should not fear that man. He's a false prophet. 
In Old Testament times, Joseph Smith would be taken out and stoned to death for claiming to be a prophet when he was not. And that's the bottom line. So you can try to, you know, exaggerate the numbers and make it seem like it's ridiculous that, that these changes are, are nothing, but they are significant. There is an extreme significant. If the Book of Mormon was the most correct book of any book, why did Joseph Smith have to go back and change from the, the Mary from the mother of God to the mother of the son of God? Couldn't have been the most correct book if it had to be corrected. Right? And the, to try to claim, well, okay, the corrections, but it could still be most correct. No. 4,000 changes. There are a lot of other books written in history that went through less than 4,000 changes. Or 105,000 changes if you want to make that claim. I mean, you're, you're really making Joseph Smith look like a false prophet if you're going to go with 105,000 changes. And you can't blame it on the editors. You can't blame it on the printers. Because Joseph said, I mean, they shouldn't have changed anything. Robber and nobler. I mean, I mean, these things are, they're, they, they are vain attempts at excusing what is obvious to the majority of the world. Is the Book of Mormon is not what Joseph claimed it to be. It is not what the LDS Church claims it to be. It is a work of fiction and plagiarism and imagination. It is Joseph Smith's Harry Potter. And that's the truth. So there you go, guys. There's my response to that. Hopefully you found it helpful. If you have any uh, questions, comments, uh, Snyder remarks, go ahead and leave them in the comments. I always leave the comments open. You can hit me up on Twitter, uh, The Master's Dog or The Evangelical Norm. You can follow me, Norm Dunham, on Facebook. Uh, subsc- hit the like button, subscribe. If, if, if you enjoy these videos, I'm two subscribers away from 200. I know that doesn't sound like much, but it's a lot milestone for me. I would love to hit that 200 mark and beyond. So share the video. If there's anybody out there you think should see this and would like it, Get it out there to them so they can see it, so they can subscribe, get all the other content that uh, I release and will be releasing over the next few hours on the Evangelical Norm YouTube channel. You can follow me on Gab and Gab TV. I'm going to try to get back to uploading stuff over there and catching up that. So thanks, guys, for taking the time to watch, and I hope you enjoyed. I hope it was helpful, as always. Preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They are necessary. And until next time. Soli Deo Gloria.